I'm Ida Solomon. We are at the University of Mississippi. Where do you live, usually? Um, I usually live in Seattle, Washington. Why are you working at the University of Mississippi? I am working at the University of Mississippi because I feel as though there is a lot to learn um, about the history in, in Mississippi and about the work that the William Winter Institute for Racial Reconciliation is doing. Um, and I think that there's a lot to bring back to Seattle. Um, so because the history here is a bit more at the surface, um, this institute I feel like was created because the only way to, to combat it is to confront it. And um, in Seattle, I think people say we're really progressive and liberal, um, but those are kind of words that just kind of gloss over the actual inequalities and the institutional racism that still exists. And so I feel as though there's a lot of strategies and tactics that the Institute here in Mississippi um, can teach us so we can bring back and implement it in Seattle. Any examples from the work you're doing? Yes. Um, one of the examples is um, going to the places where injustices have happened. Um, violence, primarily here in Mississippi, uh, but it reminded me a lot of being in Seattle and finding out that on Lake City Way there was a coon chicken inn. Um, and I think it was back either in the 50s or 60s, and it just had this big black minstrel face as like the welcoming door. And so I think, I don't know necessarily if, if having markers would be something that would be beneficial, but at least talking about it and talking about how we can't always look to the South and say, they're the ones who have the overt racism because it happened in Seattle. And I think if we had some type of trail of civil rights, um, that would be a step in confronting kind of our history and issues that still exist. Are there other places uh, in Seattle that you know about that would be, uh, you know, that would take, you would take me on that trail? Um, well, I don't know how this would work, but like housing covenants that were issued by I guess like real estate agencies that I think some some still exist today, but um, but that's the thing I don't know I don't know that much, and that's I think it's because we don't well we just don't talk about it or like I didn't know until I saw a picture um, of the coon chicken in on Lake City, but that just made me realize like whoa what well, what do I don't like what else is there that I don't know? So as far as I know, that's the only place that I could show you, but I, it makes me realize that there's a lot more and it's just hidden or we just forget about it. Why is this important to you? If you don't know your history, then you don't know like where you're going or you don't see the similarities or, or the trends that, I don't, know, I don't even want to say trends because I feel like in terms of institutional racism, racism has always been there and will always be there, but it will just disguise itself in different ways. And so I feel like if you don't recognize it from the past, you won't know how it's playing today. You said you didn't identify as African-American or, or black American because that has a separate, a sacred sense of identity. Would you expand on that a little bit for me? Um, calling myself African-American. Black, I think, I, I do call myself, I refer to more than African-American, but even that I still feel weary of because I feel as though my ancestors like didn't fight for rights in America. Like we just we just started our journey here or our presence here. And so and and not that my parents haven't worked hard, but it's that I I, I, I feel like I can't claim that because that there's a legacy behind that, that history. And I mean I'm working to i I'm finding myself 
within that legacy, but I feel like until I have really um, given my contribution, I don't deserve that, that to, say, to, to say that yet. Do you have an idea what the contribution would be? I, I don't know exactly what, what it looks like, but all I can say is like, especially with coming down here, I mean, in Seattle, I do say I'm Ethiopian American a lot, and I find myself down here not saying it as much. Um, most of the most of the time, because people just in general, like you know, I just I say Africa, just a quick kind of reference it. But if I say Ethiopia, it's like maybe people aren't familiar with it, so I don't really go through that whole thing. But also um, because I realize that down here, it doesn't matter what I call myself. At the end of the day, it's like my skin, and people can see that I'm black, and so that's how people will treat me. And more importantly, when I'm with the kids, that's how they look at me. So when they just see a black girl coming repeatedly to help them, I think that says more, or like an educated black girl, I think that that says a lot, and I don't need to add a name or label to that. So I feel like once, um, if I can consistently do it, make an impact like that, or just find a, like a, like a long-term long way of contributing, then I feel like I'll, I'll be able to like be, come to terms with like saying my, calling myself an African-American. The kids you work with are white and black kids? White and black, but predominantly black. How do you get treated down here? Fine, yeah, like it's not nothing. I mean, people more approach me and just say, what are you mixed with? And that's just like, and I say, no, I'm not mixed with anything. And then that kind of goes into a whole thing. But no, I mean, it's just, it's pretty, it's fine for the most part. How do you get treated in Seattle? Um, in Seattle, I think rather than ever experiencing racism, I've experienced ignorance. And I will, there have been times where I've been called exotic uh, or I'm black, but not really. Um, and I think that's for people to feel kind of comfortable around me because I don't have the stereotypes of being black or being like an angry black woman or all these things that they've kind of like identified in mainstream or in, you know mainstream kind of pop culture of what black means so I think people feel comfortable around me because it's like oh since you don't identify yourself as black or african-american and you're Ethiopian so you're like kind of like my black friend but not really like I think it's it, that's the type of, of treatment I get more than I've never experienced overt racism in Seattle. How would you how would you characterize that kind of treatment? I just I mean I don't know just just yeah I mean it's just I feel like it's just for that people to feel good so that they look like you know and then they say that well, I have diverse friends and that I think that word just really irritates me sometimes in Seattle because diverse diversity or diverse because that doesn't mean anything it just means that there's different representation but that doesn't mean that there's actual like conversation or dialogue about issues so to me it reminds me of like a pamphlet and just to like put a picture up of different people of color you used a phrase that i had never heard before though i, I heard the concept yeah. stereotype threat yes. globe talked about that going into the walmart seeing a, a guy that was dressed up in uh, fatigues and another guy working there and he immediately was on his best behavior and careful because he didn't want to be perceived as a threat mm -hmm. via stereotype. Mm -hmm. Do you live with that? Yeah, I think I definitely do. I think I think I didn't know how to classify. I mean, that that's a it's another the layers of racism, I think it's just that's one of them and and, and I didn't realize, but you know, I, I am very nice to people. Like I very, I'm very like, "Hey, how are, oh, sorry, sorry if I'm in your way." And I think at times it's cuz I don't want to seem like like, I don't want them to label me a certain way. And I, I hate caring about that, but it's just, like, that's kind of how I feel. I just feel like I don't want to, 
I want to change their perspective, perspective or perception of me. And I don't know what that, that may be, but I kind of assume it's, it's not positive. So I just kind of will maybe overly, um, I'll compensate by kind of, just, I don't know, being really nice or being really chill or something like that. You know, you've um, talked a lot about your hair on this trip. Why? Because I know, I know enough to know that natural hair has not been a uh, significant, or it has not been celebrated uh, in society uh, as openly. And, and I think it's a, big, it's a statement to, to wear your hair natural. And I first kind of embraced my hair because I saw a picture of Angela Davis. And I read about kind of more of what the hair represented. And it is a power thing. It's a power of being your natural born self and your hair um, all, for black women have always like been told to keep it straighter to like be influenced by western standards and you know the stories of corporate America where people will ask you to not have your hair as you know un, like unkept or you know tame your hair um, I think it's just it's a bold representation of, of who I am and, and my roots and I, I think why can't I wear my hair natural? You've sung a lot on this trip. How it, has it shaped the trip for you in a particular way? Um, yeah, because sometimes, sometimes I'm still working out my thoughts or like what to say. And um, I think singing for me just lets me feel my emotions and, and I'm able to say what I want to say without saying it in a way, um, if that makes sense. But I like the fact that I can just let my voice be loud, be quiet, and change, and, and kind of go with the emotions of the music and what I'm feeling. So I guess it's kind of a way to keep my feelings to myself without actually saying it, but you're hearing it. Sometimes it's like, I just don't know what to say. I just don't know how to put it in words. And so through singing, it's, it's that I'm able to feel what I'm feeling, but it hasn't been articulated yet. What do you like about this campus or this culture in Mississippi that you think would be beneficial to the Northwest? Well, I think, I think just well, the genuineness of people out here, because I'm not to say people in Seattle aren't genuine, but I think that when people, at least out here, when they ask you how you are, when they kind of interact with you, uh, they genuinely kind of do it and um, maybe take, like, you know, ask you, just even people, just everybody on campus, um, but primarily, primarily black people on this campus that I've interacted with. Um, I, I don't know, like, I guess I've just, been so so open and, and talkative and kind of been like how are you doing like oh I love your hair like I don't know just like there's just kind of like this is this <laughs> there's an openness here that I don't feel in Seattle and uh it's with people of color and non-people of color I just think that in general Seattle's a bit just like you had said a Seattle freeze and I think it's really real and here I shouldn't say even black people I should say everybody people here are are very um open and actually wanted to kind of talk to you and can tell you maybe if you're from out of town so they really engage with you um, in a genuine manner and I think there needs to be more of that in Seattle because it is a bit I feel a little isolated sometimes when I'm in Seattle.